This is a show for you. Put those bonnets on and get those mugs ready for this tea on Lincoln University. For the Lincoln University community. This is a new podcast for the Lincoln University community. Come on, L-U-M-O. Y'all need to get with this memo. This is a new podcast for the L-U community. That is for the students by the students. Two hood for the artsy kids and two artsy for the hood kids. Unity is family, closeness, honesty, and loyalty. What's up, Link University community and guests? You're listening to season two of TM Bonnets. It's your boy, Leek, here, formerly known as Malik Henry, a graduating senior from L.A. that will be receiving my Bachelor's of Science in print journalism when I walk across that stage in May of this year, 2019. Once again, Happy New Year to everyone. This is episode two of season two of TM Bonnets, and I am super excited to be announcing that the show is finally, well, wait before I go into that and say that, you guys may notice a difference in how I sound, and I have to ultimately acknowledge and thank Enmity ePage Library for setting up a sound studio for TM Bonnets. Let's give a round of applause to the TM Bonnet community, the Link University community, and the LU Broadcasters organization. I'm so grateful to be using better sounding equipment to ultimately serve the purpose of TM Bonnets. The purpose of this show is to broadcast Link University community related news so that everyone in the LU community can all be on the same page. From our students, to our professors, to our faculty member, to our administration, to our alumni, to the Jeff City residents around the Lincoln University community. This show is for you, and we are going to do our best to inform you of everything that is going on on campus and in the surrounding area of Lincoln University. And it is my pleasure that I have the duty to do that. It is my passion. So if you haven't listened to our first episode that went up last Sunday, you can check it out on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And it was an amazing first episode. I was able to walk through with our new, with our new members of the TM Bonnet movement. I did a walkthrough on how the order of the show goes from news to announcements to sports to hot tea on campus to our main discussion and us ending off the show. So if you want to get that walkthrough, go ahead and check out last week's episode that went up on Sunday, the first episode of season two of TM Bonnets. I want to take a moment to go ahead and acknowledge some of our progress with the LU Broadcasters. Last episode, I went into what the LU Broadcasters will consist of, what is the duties, and what does it ultimately mean for TM Bonnets. And ultimately, it is carrying this program. It is a new organization on Lincoln University's campus, and as of Friday, after presenting the organization to the SGA board. On Tuesday, I was there with Dylan Martin, our advisor, who is a librarian here in Enemy E-Page Library, who is actually helping, who was the person who set up this studio for us. Our vice president, Destin Anderson, the freshman class president, and our historian, Benjamin Wilson. And I'm so excited to have these people on my team. I'm so excited and am proud of them for how they represented and ultimately was able to articulate and really represent what the LU Broadcasters is about. They had that passion, that fire, and I'm so thankful for them. And I'm so excited for this semester. So I don't want to hold you guys too long for what's coming up, but let's go ahead and go into the news. So first I have to say, as far as Lincoln University news on campus, we don't have a whole lot this episode, but in the Jefferson City community and in the HBCU community, we do have some things lined up for you all, all right? So here we go. The National School Choice Week rally took place at the Missouri State Capitol on Thursday at noon. According to KOMU, about 20 schools and around 700 children built the Capitol building's rotunda. 
The purpose of the rally was to celebrate and promote parents receiving different educational options for their children in Missouri schools. Pierre Franzen, the director of the Children Educational Alliance of Missouri, spoke on some issues with schools of the state. In Missouri, we have situations in many districts where entire schools are basically failing and for many other families, the problem is that the school their children attends doesn't fit the needs of the children. The rally included speakers and songs from the school's choir. I think we are very fortunate to be an institute as an HBCU in the capital city of Jefferson City to really get firsthand accounts and to see what exactly is going on at the Capitol building. All right, moving along. A North Carolina HBCU is at risk of losing their accreditation this Friday. Bennett College, the woman's four-year institute, must raise $5 million by February 1st. A movement known as the Stand with Bennett has rallied behind the institute in support of their financial deficit. According to an article published Thursday by Spectrum News, the college has already raised $2.7 million with help from the Papa John's Foundation that donated $500,000 President Dr. Phyllis Dawkins of Bennett has become hopeful saying, right now, I think we have a good chance of raising that money. Bennett was originally co-ed after its doors opened in 1873, but later became a woman's college in 1926. You can donate by visiting www.bennett.edu. All right, lastly, I wanna go ahead and keep my promise and acknowledge the government shutdown. I said on last Sunday's episode that I wanted to acknowledge this government shutdown and what this circumstance is and how it is affecting us and how it ultimately can trickle down to affect not only just government employees um, through this furlough, but also just us as citizens of America. So as of right now, the government has opened back up. Trump has opened the government back up and he has reopened it for three weeks until February 15th, okay? Personally, I wanna say, personally, I can't say exactly why Trump has made this decision. Um, his decisions lately have not been totally consistent. Um, he rejected a proposal he made for a certain amount of money. I believe that was for the wall. Um, and I believe that they may have um, actually had more money for that, but uh, ultimately he rejected that. Um, honestly, I think that with how his approval rating went down um, in the past month, I want to say that you know Trump may not necessarily be liking how everything is falling on him and how things are looking. Um, I talked about it a little bit last Sunday about how this is affecting people. I went a little into how um, while when I was in high school, the last government shutdown we had, my mom, you know, how she struggled a little bit. Um, and I think that this was becoming more of a national security issue. Um, I think the situation with TSA agents at the airport could possibly have grown to be more of an issue. Um, but different news outlets have had their own theories as to why he has opened back up the government. Um, but I am just going to keep my promise again and just keep everybody informed as to uh, what new magic tricks that this clown has uh, up his sleeve. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, and let's pray that we can keep the government working and that these government workers get all of their money back and they will not have to face another month without paychecks. Moving along, this is where we meet announcements. I want to let everybody know that the first two weeks of school, um, Lincoln has been towing vehicles. And the reason why I wanted to acknowledge this is because later on, we're going to go ahead and talk about this a little further. But everybody knows that Lincoln needs to do way better with parking. But until they do, if you are parked in a handicapped spot or in front of a fire hydrant, please do your best to not be there for too long. Um, and the reason why I say that is because it seems now that people that usually think that they're going to park somewhere where they're not supposed to quickly, uh, take care of what they have to take care of and come back out and get away with it. 
they're not getting away with that anymore. So we'll go ahead and talk into that a little bit further uh, later, but I uh, definitely want uh, everyone to be aware that Lincoln is definitely towing vehicles, all right? Next up, we have LU Founders Day Convocation that takes place this Thursday, this Thursday, January 31st. There will be a special recipient who will be honored with the Drum Major Award. I myself will be in attendance, and it's always good to just see all the faculty members and administration there and see, you know, just to see who ultimately gets an award. So uh, come out, guys, if you don't have class. It'll be held in Richardson Auditorium at 11 o'clock. So be sure to come and support our Lincoln University on its Founders Day. All right, next up, we have LU Day at the Capitol on February 5th. Now, I know we have a little time for this to come up, everybody, but I just want to really put a bug in everybody's ear and let everyone know that this is a great way to represent our university and advocate and lobby for our longevity and funding at our school. Um, it will be held in the entendre of the Capitol building, and usually there are tables set up from different departments on campus, ultimately representing their department. And it's always good to just see a good number of Lincoln University students there from our Mr. and Ms. Lincoln to other members of uh, Lincoln University uh, organizations. Um, it's, it's just a good time for all of us to be together and show our unity and show our strength as an HBCU. So again, we have a little time for that. But uh, just make plans. Um, it should start at 11 o'clock, but I'll have more time. I'll have more details for you guys on the time and all of that as we get closer to that date. All right. Next up, Link University Sodexo gets a new chef. Last weekend, there was a battle of the chefs to see who would be hired. Saturday, the 19th, the first chef did his trial run and the second did his on Monday, the 21st. Um, yeah, finally made the decision. They picked who exactly they would, uh, they are going to hire on as our new chef. And once they release his name and information, I'll be sure to inform you all on more details. So stay tuned for that. I know a lot of us be having opinions about that food in the calf. So hopefully this new chef brings in some new, forget ideas, some new flavors, some new seasoning, you know, just some new umph to the food. And, um... I have my own opinions on this, but let's just pray that it's a black man, okay? And I don't got to say why, all right? So moving along, so stay tuned for more information on that. All right, LU Mic Check's Vibe Session are still going strong. The last open mic they had that took place on Friday was rumored to have a good turnout of around 30 to 40 people. One of the members wants people to know that it is a free entry open mic and that the next is supposed to take place on Friday, the 7th of February, once again in the student lounge in the basement of Mark. All right. I have to go ahead and acknowledge some of the concerns that the LU Mic Check members have expressed. Okay. Um, the basement of Martin is extremely hot. And I'm not sure if there's air in there or if there's air conditioning, whatever. But I do know that there has to be something down there uh, because in the summer there has to be some type of functioning uh, AC system to keep people cool. The organization, members of the organization have complained um, to uh, higher ups in the dorm uh, on different occasions and they are still waiting for something to be done about how hot it is in that room and thankfully the vibe session uh, is good enough where a lot of people still stuck around because I was told that it felt like Australia in there all right and that doesn't make sense with us being in Missouri and it's literally snowing outside okay I get that you know me personally I usually don't complain about the heat but you know when you got a whole lot of black people in one room okay and we got passion going, we got folks talking, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of heat that accumulates, you know, and with heat, smells can accumulate as well. So let's please not have that and really just try to keep everybody that comes, all the, the LU Mic Checks guests that come to check out everything. Let's just do our best to make sure that they stay comfortable, all right? And let's not ignore this because I really feel like a lot of people that work on campus, 
don't do what they're supposed to because they feel like no one's going to hold them accountable. But with TM Bonnets, because we are the voice of the students, you ain't going to be getting away with that too much longer, all right? So just do your job and do what you're supposed to do. And that's all I'm going to say with that, and I'm going to leave it at that. All right, guys, now we're going to go ahead and shift over into the sports. If you have not caught last Sunday's episode, our first episode of Season 2 of TM Bonnets, you missed out on me introducing a new personality and journalist to the show, Amani Grant-Pate. He is a student sports journalist here on Lincoln University's campus, and he will be welcoming our show. He'll be a new asset introducing updates on our sports here on campus. Amani, go ahead and take it away. Okay, well, the Lincoln University women's basketball team fell short at home against Central Oklahoma by a score 68-56. The girls competed despite only having six plays. Zarnisha Dickerson led LU in scoring with 16 points. Bree Coleman was also in double figures with 14 points. The Blue Tigers' next game will be on Thursday, January 31st against Washburn at 5.30 p.m. in Topeka, Kansas. The Lincoln University men's basketball team bounces back with a win at home, 78-65. LU led the majority of the game and had an answer every time Central Oklahoma attempted to come back in the game. Deshaun Rigmaiden had a great all-around game and led LU with 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Marion Tez, Ivory, and Terrence Smith also contributed on the offensive end throughout the game. The two chipped in with 16 points in the win over the Broncos. John Burton was in double figures with 13 points and shot the ball well for the Blue Tigers. Burton was 4-5 from the three-point line. The next game for LU will be on the road against Washburn in Topeka, Kansas on Thursday, January 31st at 7.30 p.m. Yesterday was also Coaches vs. Cancer Day, so both the men's and women's basketball team were pink to recognize Miss Liz and other people battling with breast cancer. If you want to check out my articles, go to myclarionnews.com and click sports. Also, follow me on Twitter, Adam Grant Pate, from Lincoln University Sports Updates, and my thoughts on the That's all for this week. All right, thank you, Omani, for giving us some updates on Lincoln University Sports. All right, everyone, and we are back here with TM Bonnets, and of course, we are shifting over into our next section. What's being talked about on campus? So we have been in school for almost two weeks now, and one of the biggest things that uh, is really coming up is the first day of school, the incident with the car being towed. <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems like uh, Lincoln is evolving with this car situation. It was going from the tickets. Uh, of course, folks wasn't paying them. Right. I mean, you know, we college students, we struggling or whatever. But now the school done evolved to actually uh, towing some vehicles, it seems like. So I have on the show here... Miss Janae Love Perkins. Hey. She is a wellness major, a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and she is a fall 2019 graduate. She will be graduating fall 2019. So, uh, everyone, let's give her a hand and welcome her on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show no and um, just being vulnerable about this situation. Because I know some people might be a little shy about it, but I know you have some opinions about what happened yeah. and maybe even some solutions because um of course this was kind of extreme being the first day of class right. like you know um but at the end of the day what I'm, I'm thinking in this we could probably talk about some solutions because this has been an ongoing issue so everybody talking about your car that got told <laughs> i want to bring you on the show to talk about uh well to ask you personally what what happened if you don't mind going uh, So I parked my car uh, in the front of Toll, like right like in front of the building. Okay. Uh, overnight, I parked there super late, and I didn't want to park in the very back parking lot of Toll because it's not that lit up back there. And this was Sunday, Sunday this night. Was, yes, yeah, so this was Sunday night. Got you. And, uh, yeah, so I parked my car like right in the front of Toll, and I came out the next morning to just get something from out of my car, actually, and I came out, and my car was gone. Dang. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Lincoln is not playing, y'all. And another reason why I really want to talk about this and acknowledge this, because uh, we definitely, as struggling college students, um, I'm going to, of course, ask Miss Janae here how much, uh, if she doesn't mind going into it, how much uh, she had to pay to get her car out of the uh, towing place or whatever. But, um. 
Yeah, like, what was that process like? Did they notify you? So, no, there was no type of uh, notification. Like, I just walked outside, and my car was gone. And I literally Mm. got a text after the fact, like, hey, they towing cars, like, move your car. And it was already too late. So, I'm like, wow, like, my car is gone. Like, first I'm thinking, okay, maybe I didn't park it there. Like, you know, no, like my car was gone. So, um, I went back into the room and I'm just like sitting there thinking like, oh my God, like, how am I going to get my car? And yeah, so it's the first day of class. So clearly I'm like, dang, like I'm freaking out. Right, 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 right. You know, the first day aura's already messed up because <laughs> it started off the first day of school just so bad. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so I had to, uh, l- luckily somebody knew like mm-hmm. who Lincoln toes with. So I immediately called them like, hey. I, you know, I, I, like, describe my car, and I'm like, do you have the car? And they're like, yeah, it's here. And I'm like, well, how much is it to get it out? And I'm like, well, first you got to pay a $50 ticket to Lincoln, and Lincoln has to give what? give you a receipt to say that we can release your car to you, and then you pay us, the tow company, to get what? it released. So first there's a ticket, and then you pay the tow company. To so you paid Lincoln's ticket? Well, luckily, or? I guess Lincoln didn't have me, like, in their records or something. Okay. Because they didn't write me a ticket out. So, okay. luckily, I didn't have to pay the ticket, but I guess, like, that's their rule. Like, you pay Lincoln their $50 ticket, uh-huh. and then you pay whatever the tow company is asking of you. So, if uh-huh. I would have to pay the ticket, that would have been 50 plus 136 that wow. I would have had in total just to get my car back. Dang, that is 186 Yeah, so dang near $200 <laughs> trying to scramble for some money. Like, what am I going to do? Right, it was, right. It was crazy. Dang, so eventually, uh, so you just, so how much, if you don't mind saying, you actually paid to actually get it so out? So I went up there and. And how uh, far was it from campus? It wasn't that far. Okay. Uh, it was in Holt Summit. It was like a nine-minute drive. It wasn't that bad. Okay, okay. Uh, But just, I mean, even finding a ride, like sometimes you might be the friend with the car, like, you know, so just yeah. finding a ride up there and scrambling around like, hey, grandma, can you loan me 40? Exactly. Hey, auntie, can you loan me 20? Like, yeah, yeah. just scrambling for that money because they was like, after 48 hours, they going to raise the price every day. So oh, I'm like, I got to get it tomorrow <laughs> or they might as well get this title because they keep raising it up. I'm not going to get it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, but I went up there. And I actually only ended up paying one eighteen. Oh, praise be for that! Right. Okay. So I didn't have to pay the ticket, and they lowered it to one eighteen. So I was like, "All right, cool." Okay. But yeah, like it was. So it was crazy. what I do appreciate about you is that you did admit, you know, to the listeners that you were parked. What you said in front of a hydrant. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, you know, like if it's like painted like yellow on mm-hmm. the street, mm-hmm. it's a fire. Uh, you know, it's like a fire lane, like, mm-hmm. just for emergencies and stuff. So yeah, I knew I wasn't supposed to park there. Okay. So I mean, you know, that was my bad. It was overnight. Right, and, right, hey, right. Hey, they came and towed my car. Right, but let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, like you said, it was at night. It was at night. We've it was seen dark. tolls. Yeah, tolls. It was dark, and it seemed like I don't know where everybody was geared up and ready to go to class the next day because right. that parking lot was, was full, packed. Yeah. Like it was packed, and I'm like, I'm not about to be walking dang yeah. there over like by Dermal right, because right, the parking right. lot is so packed, yeah. and it was dark, and yeah. it was I mean, late. even when they had uh, the um, excuse me, even when they had the phone party. In the parking yeah, lot. Yeah. It, it was, was still dark. dark. Yeah, it was and they so had lights dark there. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, if, if we could put this into perspective, like, it's literally like a, it looks like a, a dark parking lot behind, like, a building right. or an apartment or whatever. And there's not a whole lot of lights over there. not but a lot of lights. Well, you being a young lady right. and this being a university, you right. know, and we are in Jefferson City. But, you know. It Things happen. Right. It yeah. ain't a whole lot of black folks, <laughs> I would say, you know, but non-blacks could be crazy, too, right. you know. Um, especially it seems like out of areas like this. So I want to say, um, 
as far as the solution, this has been something ongoing, but what do you think the school can do more on parking? Um, well, first of all, I feel like all parking areas need to be lit up at night. Okay, first. that's the first thing. Right, first right, right, thing, right. just for safety reasons and stuff. Uh, but second, like, there's nowhere to park on campus. Like, I drove around in circles today just trying to find somewhere to park just so I can have an easy access to the SUC. Right, and right. None. Like, right. you have to have, like, the special parking tag to even park anywhere near the main park. A campus. So if it's, it's open. Like, yeah, if yeah. it's even open. The question is, are they selling more parking tags than they have available parking well, spaces? Well, the, the parking tags that are even good on campus, like, those are, like, for people that, like, that's for, like, staff and stuff. So, you know, like, like the parking spaces, like, it's, like, white. Like, right. we, so we can't even get those spaces. Okay. So it's, like, okay. white right there. And so... We really can't even really park anywhere unless it says residential parking. Wow. Honestly. And there's not a whole there's lot not of that There's not a lot either. of that, yeah. So it's almost as if, like, what other option do you have? Right, because there's a lot of off-campus yeah. students, too. So yeah. it's like you dang near got to park in a residential parking spot and walk to the exactly. Main part of or if you get a parking spot, right? If you even get one, plant it there. Yeah, plant it there move. all day. You can't sure. move until you know you're not. What's leaving. the point of you having a car? Right. Then, you know. And with the faculty, the new administration really uh, wanted to bring more students in. I feel like this is really something that we need to take care of. Yeah, we definitely need more uh, parking spaces. Like it is. It's ridiculous. It like, is, it's, yeah. It's nowhere to park. And people are going to want to bring their cars to college. Right. You're in college. You want to feel grown. You want to have a right. whip, whatever. But if you ain't got no place to park, I mean, it, 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 it really seems like situations like this are going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently, you know, now it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and capitalize off of this right. rather than uh, really make a solution for I it, definitely for feel the like it's a way for them to get some more money. Oh, yeah, and they are getting money. They're Regardless, definitely getting money. That's not an opinion. Yeah, that's, they're that's definitely <laughs> getting more money just by writing tickets and, you know, they are contracted with Topro. Yeah. So it's like... They're making money. So have you gotten any type of email? No, anything from I just the school? So walked outside. If you did not get that gone. text or any I wouldn't alert, have known where my car was. That's crazy. No company or anything. I would have like, literally no had to call around like, uh, hey, you got my car? Wow. Or, yeah. Come on, Lincoln. We got to do better. We got to do better. Yeah, it's crazy. But I definitely want to bring you on the show just to acknowledge that because, again, um, people, you know, even when it go comes down to the tickets, um, they give warrants, I believe, right? For the people that Do they? I, I think they may for the people that actually get to a point where there's like just not paying the ticket and it succeed. Wow, well, I level. didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, mind telling me how many? <laughs> I, I didn't know that. It? Well, I know like with the whole thing, like with the towing stuff, like you can't even get your car until you pay Lincoln's ticket first. Got you, got you. So it's like if you don't pay the ticket, like they can't release your car because they're contracted. With Lincoln. Is this something they recently just kind of started with this? I don't thing? think so. Like I, I don't think so. I know someone uh, that got their tow, uh, their car towed last year, and uh -huh. they said they had to pay the ticket to Lincoln first, and then go get the car. Got you, got yeah. you. Okay, so this has been, this is going on. Uh, it just seems like it, it's kind of happening, maybe a little bit more. Well, it seems like to me that um, we have a lot more students right, this semester. Right, like, I have right, noticed right. a lot, a lot more students. So. That means less spaces. Naturally, yeah. And it seems like they're more serious right. about the towing than they've ever been. And right. I've been here since 2015. So right, right. I'm like, I've never seen them tow cars from right here. So, hey, learn my lesson. Yes. And that's and what that, it that's is. That's what this is about. And I'm glad uh, for our listeners. Yeah, if you got a whip, just uh, do your best to, hey, if you got a spot, Plant your car there. Yeah, I need to drive to campus about 15 minutes earlier right. to find y'all a spot yes. parking a resident, hey. uh, a residential hall parking spot. Right. If you got a whip, uh, if you got to plant it in a parking spot, you know, you may just need to get some exercise, move them legs. You know, you can show people yeah, your whip. Yeah, go but, ahead. Go to, go ahead. Right. But you, you may not be able to actually use your uh car when it comes to that because you don't want to lose your space but yeah um no i'm so thankful that you came on and we were able to talk about this no problem and um yeah i just uh i'm glad you were able to take care of that and um yeah i'm glad people are just in the know of what's going on and what they need to look out for 
So thank you so much, Miss no Janae, problem. for coming on. And uh, hopefully next time we have you on the show, it'll be for something a little bit more <laughs> positive. And I would definitely all come back. This was definitely, fun. but you was definitely on your grown woman's. <laughs> you took care of that. I took care. So of kudos it. to you. Thank you for coming on. No problem. We'll talk to you another time. All right, everyone. And now we're gonna move over into our main discussion. Um, I have a special guest here in the studio today, and our discussion today is going to be about Bennett College, the all-girl HBCU in North Carolina in their current situation. I know I covered it a little bit earlier in the news, but we're going to go ahead and uh, go a little deeper into what's going on there and have a discussion on maybe some solutions and just give you guys our perspective um, as being young students at an HBCU and our guest here in the studio today is Miss Brittany Olden. Hello. Yes, give it up for her. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Miss Brittany Olden is a close friend of mine. She is a business administration major with a minor in English. She is the president of Lincoln Club Volleyball. Yes. And she will be graduating this May with myself. <laughs> uh, and we're excited, of course. Um, but with this school being in a deficit, like many other HBCUs across the nation right now, um, the biggest issue of funds, I really, um, I'm thankful that you're coming on the show, and I really want to talk to you because I know with uh, your major, you're coming from more of a business standpoint uh, because you're uh, wanting to ultimately get into community development. Yes. And you're ultimately wanting to uh, see the community thrive, maybe from more of a business standpoint. Yes, I do. So, um, yes, yeah, so I ultimately want to become an urban planner with emphasis in economic development. Got you, got you. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm coming more from a business point of view because we know that obviously for any community to thrive, you need to generate money. Right, Somehow, right. some way, revenue needs to be coming in. Most definitely. And I feel like the most effective way is through business, of course, is through opening up various stores that we probably do not have right now, um, stores that will obviously promote, you know, uh, profit within our actual community that will be that'll actually sustain the community, giving people adequate, you know, food, clothing. Exactly. You know, exactly. Regular necessities. <laughs> right, right. Most definitely. I love your focus on um, our community as definitely. young black professionals. Um, and it really reminds me of the fourth day of Kwanzaa, mm -hmm. Ujima. Yes. And that is cooperative economics. And that is a big part of the seven-day uh, celebration, uh, the day after Christmas, of course. And well, the seven days right after Christmas, okay. and with it being the fourth day, I think um, that's a really huge part as far as uh, the celebration being about uh, unity in the black communities, but also not just in our communities, just in how communities can effectively have longevity, yeah, uh, progress as right a as a whole. You know, whatever you are in, you know, uh, whatever culture or race you are from. Um, and I think, you know, I can honestly say that as far as the black community, looking around in America right now, we seem to be um, the biggest target for, um, you know, some type of solution within our community, how we can do better, because a lot of other races are really seeming to, um, or cultural groups are seeming to surpass us when it comes to community development. I agree, definitely. We see um, a lot of communities in Los Angeles where I'm from you know you have the Hispanic population that is growing and not just in numbers but within their wealth yeah. um, San Francisco you have a big number of uh, the Asian population definitely. their their community is growing so it's definitely good to know that we have someone such as yourself that is ultimately um, putting forth a goal to help our communities for yes. you know one day be where they are or even of course surpass them exactly be an example for other minority groups right right most definitely um so i'm i'm fortunate that Lincoln was able to give you those tools. Yes, definitely. Even though it's coming to an end and we'll be walking in May for yes. sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. But um, I wanted to talk about Bennett College mm -hmm. and just the deficit again that this school um, is in, but also reflecting a lot of other HBCUs. Now, I have to um, disclaimer before we get into it. 
Bennett College is not a land grant institution. Correct. It is a private institute. Correct. And that means that the difference between Bennett College and Lincoln University here where we attend is that Lincoln University is a land-grant institution and it is funded by the government. Yes, it is. Um, land-grant, uh, to put it into perspective, it is the government matches what the state gives us. If the state does not give us the full amount, then the government well, not cannot match us, so ultimately we are still behind in funds, which there has been conversations of talks uh, with that about Lincoln um, recently and also in the past. So hopefully our advocates and our lobbyists are doing their best to actually, you know, work um, in favor of Lincoln when it comes to funds and all of that. But um, also to even bring up Dr. Rome, Dr. Rome um, went to Fisk University and Fisk University is a private institute that um, I don't want to say they are in a deficit close to Bennett College, clearly, because I don't think we've heard anything yeah. really bad. But um, a lot of people, you know, during that time when, you know, Dr. Rome left, uh, it was a lot of talks of, you know, he's leaving because Fisk is giving him more money. Yeah, you know, he's he's trying to leave. I've heard people talking about, you know, he's just trying to leave a sinking ship because, you know, their opinions or theories of where where Lincoln is going to end up, you know, in a couple of years or whatever. But ultimately, um, me and a couple of other journalism students, we interviewed Dr. Rome. And from his mouth, he actually wanted people to know that um, apparently he was not getting more money going to Fisk, actually getting paid less. But his really? reasons, yes, his reasons going to Fisk was because he ultimately stated that within the black community, our ultimate um, economic structures that we hold are our churches and our institutes, but specifically our private institutes because, you know, the government still has their hand over, you know, institutes like Lincoln. So All public Right, right. So, you know, they're still going to have longevity and be good. But ultimately, we're seeing um, Dr. Rome left in 2016, I believe it was. We're seeing um, almost nine years later, we have a school, a private institute as Bennett, that um, is ultimately, uh, you know, losing funds and not being able to operate as an accredited school. So in that, Dr. Rome ultimately, I think, would kind of want us to look at the situation and understand his decision for going to Fisk. And ultimately, he wanted to save Fisk and maybe operate it more in a way where they can uh, gather more funds so that they wouldn't ultimately end up in the situation that Bennett is in. So... Is Fisk or was Fisk in the same position as Bennett? Is that what you're saying? I think that there were some rumors of it possibly needing some help. Okay. And I think Dr. Rome wanted to take that initiative okay. to okay. actually go there and um, help it out. Yeah. You know, there right. were, um, because ultimately without the government aid, that's all on us. As, institutions, yes. as black people <laughs> Honestly, in our community, yeah. we, that, you know, that's on us. So ultimately, um, you know, I, I, I really did understand where he was coming from with that and seeing what's going on with Benny now, I even understand more to a degree where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. But to go a little bit further into Benny, uh, we talked about earlier, of course, during the news to show to show the severity of this situation, Bennett, all girl HBCU in North Carolina ultimately has five more days to reach their five million that they have to have by Friday. Um, to stay accredited, correct? Exactly, to stay accredited. And basically even to go further into, you know, just kind of explain what accreditation. the accreditation is. Uh, do you want to kind of take that? Yes, yeah, so accreditation is basically all schools have to adhere by higher um, the higher-ups or higher education. So when you are unaccredited, that means that your school has not met those goals or met those requirements. Yes. Most definitely. So according to Spectrum, news um i guess as of thursday they were able to uh reach 2.7 million so they're a little over the halfway mark yeah. to reaching the 5 million that they have to collect by friday but i know that um as of thursday luckily they were able to get you know once again we mentioned the um the two donations right. 500,000 each from Papa John's and also from the Z Smith Reynolds Foundation. So thank God for that. Um, but guys, we still need a lot of help Definitely. with raising money. 
And if you ultimately want to raise money or donate money, you can visit www.bennett.edu slash standwithbennett. That's one word slash. And um, if you go to their page, they have a link that you can click where I think you can just directly go ahead and, okay, and donate great. to the school. But I kind of wanted to go into what is it exactly in America right now? Why are HBCUs in the deficit? What, what do you think? So I personally believe that um, many HBCUs are in, in a deficit because, of course, lack of funds. A lot of us, um, at least at Lincoln, I know we probably get money, of course, from the state, but we probably, unfortunately, would need more money from prior alumni for um, local businesses, maybe. And even if we want to just stick to state funding, we get state funding, honestly, through both enrollment and through high test scores. Most definitely. So also it can be put even on students to even perform better. To right, 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 right. Even on black families to promote college within home. Right, right. Definitely. I agree. I agree. I think that is something that we really need to tap into um, sure. because even us here being at Lincoln, a lot of our solutions to funding is lobbying for money. Definitely. And ultimately, I'm going to just be frank. We're begging Republicans in a red state, okay, um, very conservative, um, a very, in a city where there is a very old, older, kind of wild western way of thinking where yeah. we're asking them to fund uh, what they used to consider the, the, the black school on the hill yeah. since 1866. So I think we have to kind of really tap into what other resources do we have right, exactly. um, to ultimately aid ourselves. You know, I know that there were, you know, uh, Malcolm X, even he spoke about doing for self. Um, through the civil rights movement, not always having to ask people. Um, because ultimately, I think uh, my dad, he always talked to me about this. You know, you never really gain respect mm -hmm. from people when you always got your hand out and you're asking. Definitely. You know, it's, it's, it's a give-take world. You know, that does not necessarily always have to mean, you know, money or dollar. Right. But if I want something from you, Brittany, you of course, I'm going to have to bring something to exactly. the table that you want. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So ultimately... I think that the big organizations and movements that we have on campus that are ultimately uh, really reflecting our school and who we are as a student body, I think that they have the power and the attention to really start programs or movements that can ultimately really gain more money or, or, or turn into revenue for that exactly school. Yes. exactly i think i think like you going back to what you were saying even about test scores and all of that bringing in students that are innovative yes. and have fresh ideas from what they are learning in the classrooms i think that is very very important to really tap into i think that we have to really get into what we can ultimately gain from our history at hbcu what was it, it what was it that they did back then you know every hbcu has the the h the historical part of it and when we look back at situations like tulsa oklahoma of course it had a very detrimental ending on our community and and i think it was very uh, discouraging for us but ultimately how was that built you know every college or university at hbcu is like a small community you have many different faculty members administration students um staff that who believe in the school who exactly want to preserve that legacy exactly which it was founded on exactly sure. in every community it has to be about circulating what you put back and knowing that it's going to come back exactly. but i'm gonna also just be you know frank and say that honestly i feel like with a lot of our students yes I think we oftentimes appropriate this history of what it means to be a student at an HBCU. Or even just take for granted, honestly. Exactly. Like, I, I really don't, I don't think students take the time out to, like, study what that means. Exactly. What are you doing, like, at an HBCU? Right, Why are right, you here? Right. How are you even able to be here? Most definitely. And then once you understand that, then you'll even want to give back. Most definitely. Because you'll want to preserve that. You'll want others younger. For sure. To experience you'll be you more want. focused on bringing up innovative ideas exactly. to give back to your school rather yeah. than fighting some dude, you know, that's messing <laughs> around with you 
and your homegirl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like you have to really get tap into yeah. the land that was laid out exactly. for you to be for here. You. And I mean, a lot of us at Link University have to do better as well as far as how we are really reflecting ourselves. I, I remember last semester, this was in September, homecoming. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm seeing young people walking around past alumni yeah. with cigarettes in their mouths. You know, that that's not what the alumni laid yeah, this, this foundation for. Exactly. So, I mean, ultimately, even with this show, TM Bonnets is not going to become a podcast ran like The Shade Room. You know, Please. don't think that we don't have the tea <laughs> and we know everything that's going on. Yeah. But ultimately, this is not going to become a show where we're just going to be sitting here talking about all the drama and everything that's going on campus. Exactly. That, that's the and unfortunately, that's the focus for a lot of people, which is a lot of people's problem. Most definitely. Also. Most definitely. And yeah. I think it's too much of a popularity contest now. Yeah. Definitely. It's way too much of a popularity contest for HBCUs. And instead of focusing on getting my degree to do the background work to keep this university or college afloat, we're too worried about being seen on social media yeah. so that we can act like these reality stars. Being seen. That's it. I mean, yeah. you know, that. I mean, and there's so much mixed into that. There's the yeah. royalty on campus, exactly. the kings and queens. You know, there are the, the Greek life on campus. We have student representatives even here at Lincoln University that have I mean y'all got the suits on y'all got your hair done you know all you got to do is take the education that you know in the classrooms <laughs> yeah. go to Young Hall mm -hmm. represent yourself as a HBCU student you know representative a student leader and ultimately say hey you know what we deserve funding uh if you're gonna beg do it right yeah, and you know have, what I'm and saying? Have, and, like, bring something to the table. Like, you know, bring, give them something that they can't deny. Most definitely. Like, great. Like, we're we're producing. So, obviously, if we're producing, you know, we would want something in return. Yeah. And I, they can't deny that. Yeah, they won't deny that. Most definitely. And I think we think that great Instagram likes equate with greats. Yeah, and that's and, and 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 that's I think that's really no our problem like, no at all, and I think that's the biggest difference between organizations back then when we're talking about when they were first versus today. You know, you had movements. You know, you had the alphas. Their biggest thing was graduating. Mm -hmm. Young black men that were graduating beyond all else, whether they were, you know, marching or being advocates in the community, they were graduating. They were bringing in those grades. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And ultimately, we live in a country where they do define you off your grades. And maybe they shouldn't because that doesn't mean everything. College and isn't I, for I everyone. But I think where it really connects is it seems that more of the students that do get the grades, they're not just learning for no reason. Exactly. They're they're yearning for something more than that. Most this is just definitely. Stone, Most definitely. That they have to do. Most definitely. They're laying the groundwork for their future. Right. So even even my girl here, Brittany, you said you made a 4.0 last semester. I did. With what <laughs> with what you learned in the classroom, you ultimately don't just want that sitting in your brain. You want to learn. You want to apply that to helping our black communities develop through an economic standpoint. Yes. So my and I will do that exactly. So, yeah. Amen to that. Amen <laughs> and, and Ashe. And so it is for sure. But even even me, for example, I do not have the highest GPA. So my so my grades in high school maybe didn't necessarily reflect what I am producing ability, now. Yeah. But one thing that we definitely have in common is passion. For sure. And the importance of the longevity of our institutes that are accredited that give us our diplomas so that we can go out in that world and actually be taken serious. True. Definitely. So That's with true. so to get into it a little a little bit deeper, um, when it comes to building funds, let, let's take a look at actually who was donating money to the fund, who has donated so far. So at the top of our list, we have our highest donators. And of course, that is Papa John's. And we have the Z Smith Reynolds Foundation. Under them, we have the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated that donated 31000 We have Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated that donated 30000 We have Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated that donated as well. We have Bennett Bella Alumnes 
that donated. We have the United Negro College Fund that donated. We have the United Methodist Church that donated, the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, and the Women's Coalition. So as of now, these are the foundations that have actually um, been recorded or put in articles as to have donated to this cause. So taking away Papa John's and the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation, we were already we were i want to say we were knocking at two million mm -hmm. but we weren't at two million yet right. and unfortunately that says a lot because i'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna be honest and say i'm i'm not understanding how the united negro college fund was not able to maybe give a whole lot more you know, and what what is what is it that we are not doing as a community that we're not able to accumulate more money yeah. to give to a historical black college that has literally been changing lives mm -hmm. for minorities? I mean, the only thing that I could think of is maybe the support, unfortunately, mm -hmm. isn't there, or even if the support isn't there, maybe the awareness is right, there. Right, right, most because definitely. Honestly, I hadn't heard of this until you even told me. Right. Which is, I feel like it's sad. And you know what's also sad about that? Mm -hmm. This actually, there's been articles actually been that have been put up mm -hmm. since earlier this month. Wow. But the biggest story that broke was mm -hmm. Papa John's and the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation donating each 500000 yeah. to the school. And that's how more people are hearing about it. But this whole month, no one knew that as of Friday coming up, yeah. that's the deadline for them. I'm not even going to lie to y'all, like... It's it's really so sad that we have not heard about this issue with being in college because I'm not even going to lie to y'all, for the longest, like, I just heard about this on Friday. And when people brought it up, I could have sworn that the first thing that popped in my mind is that they was talking about Bennett Hall here on campus was being shut down. So I didn't know what to think, okay? Honestly, that's just the first thing that popped in my mind. And that just goes to show that this college being in a deficit and b being in a situation where they could possibly lose their accreditation is really not being acknowledged and getting the attention that it should get. Like, I wonder, did other HBCs know? Like, we're, I feel like, you know, other students should just be notified of that. Even though, you know, college students don't have the most money, still, I feel like we could have been able to contribute something. Most definitely. To our fellow students at HBCs. Most definitely. Yeah. No, I, I think we definitely should yes. contribute. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll give more information again about how you can donate um to Bennett College in North Carolina. But I, I, I know that there are movements in place right now. I know that uh, Jussie Smollett, who plays um, Jamal on Empire, him and his brother are actually behind the Stand with Bennett movement, hashtag Stand with Bennett movement. And um, I, I believe a couple of other um, um, celebrities uh, have actually been, been behind this as well. So a movement is good. But we gotta we gotta really reach into our community and really help this school out because if this school has been changing lives for minorities that maybe wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to go to college, exactly. it's really a waste that this school we need can to preserve them. Exactly. We need to help them. Exactly. Since the thirties we had from dating back from the thirties on record, I believe we had a hundred and twenty one right. HBCUs. HBCUs and if if they do not meet that mark by Friday, we will only have 100 HBCUs, accredited HBCUs in America. That is, I mean, I don't really know what to think about that. Like, what you know, happened? Like, exactly. And I think it is more from an economic standpoint. It has to be. Because, honestly, many HBCUs across the country are, unfortunately, not failing, but are in deficit. Most definitely. A lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of probably HBCUs even, like, need probably school working. Like, the foundation is old. Yeah, yeah, However, the yeah, funds aren't yeah. there, so it's, what can you do? So, what can we do to make sure that beyond Missouri, the state of Missouri and right. the government, yeah. what do you think we can do, you know, with what you're planning on doing for the community? What do you, what do you think, how do you think Lincoln can really preserve our longevity here in Missouri? The capital, Jefferson City, Missouri. Where, like, what's a start? 
How can we not end up like them? <laughs> <laughs> not, not just, pulling back pulling like really being innovative and in, in building what we already have here to a degree at the school whatever that is honestly I'm sure, like, like, I mean things, like, yeah I mean honestly outside of the government I don't really know what what they got planned I, like at all because you I mean I don't really yeah I don't know well I mean, that's a question, and I think that's it starts. The question, that is important. for sure, and I think it starts with conversations like this, Definitely. and acknowledging that these situations are happening, and that's yes. exactly why I really wanted to not only acknowledge that in the news portion earlier in the hour, but really talk about it in a discussion um, with someone you know that is going to be dealing with the economics of communities and all of that, you know. So I really wanted to just see what ideas we can kind of bounce off of and I hope more people honestly donate um, to the cause but also give them some innovative ideas so that if you know they do meet that mark by Friday that they can actually continue do, to exactly. stay open because yeah. we wouldn't want a situation oh next semester next right, year they're right. in the same predicament right for it sure be, like not for nothing but right. you know it was it, that would be Troubling. Yeah, most definitely, and 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 I just really think that we have to. I think HBCUs the the, the biggest issue with us being in a deficit across the nation is the fact that I think we're investing a little bit too much money into the exterior mm. and not the interior and the depth of the history of you know when you the say institute. Exterior, what are you, what are you I think really marketing and. Even Lincoln, for example, you know, we clearly could be in a lot better place when it comes to funds. Uh, We're doing what we can. Of course, you know, we are graduating people. You know, we are accredited. But we don't really have a problem with with enrollment. We don't really have a problem with marketing or what's the term I'm looking for? We do not have a problem really with recruitment. Because there is an excitement um, for young people, you know, that, you know, especially us 90s babies that may have caught the the last bit of a different world and really uh, got to... Um, experience See what college was about, and especially HBCU life. Exactly, because there are a lot of things to. I'm sorry, not no, you good. Go, go ahead, go but ahead. I feel like there's a lot of things to look forward to when right, you go to HBCUs. Right, right. When you know, obviously, homecoming, bands, mar- the marching band, of course, right. That's Greek life, that's right. huge for a lot of people. Most definitely. Real quick, hold on. Hello. Let me call you right back. Me and Brittany, we recording right now, but we about to wrap it up. Okay, I'm gonna call you right back. Okay, when you even talk about Howard, they call that the Mecca. Yes. You know, people and young people that visited that, you know, they got a a totally different perspective, especially in the 90s. They got a perspective of black people all over the world from different walks, uh, torn from different cloths, but being able to actually collectively, you know, just keep that HBCU culture going um, in a sense of not even really having to worry about um, recruitment or not worrying about, you know, making it look good. It it was good. If it is good, it'll be good. But I I think a lot of us were were paying too much attention to how we look, especially on an individual level. Definitely. Um, And we're not thinking enough like a community. And that's – that's, I feel like, not even just a problem within HBCUs, but honestly, I just think within black communities. Most definitely. And I feel like... Materialistic things. Yep. All the, the individualized I, like, right. Um, ideas. Right, right. Like Most that, definitely. I feel like if we um, did come together as yeah. more of a community, we will then see actual true progression. Most true definitely. progression that is sustainable. That Most definitely. That actually has longevity within it. You yeah, know? I, I totally agree. And I think the unfortunate part but fortunate in the sense of how we can really measure um, how we are going along as a community Mm -hmm. is really taking into account 
that HBCUs are ultimately uh, our representation of our economic impact in America. You know, you have a lot of other races that have wealth in other spaces, Definitely. you know, of America. But for us, it's our churches and our institutes, Agreed. especially our private institutes. So everyone, once again, please stand with Bennett. Um, with not only funds, but solutions as well. Exactly. You yes. know, be innovative. Uh, speak with uh, people there and try. If, if We pray that by Friday, you know, they will still be standing as being accredited and that they will find a different way of operating um, because it really does kind of just boggle my mind. I really want to do a story and know what happened. How did they get this far? Like, how did they get such in a great hole? What is the difference between Bennett College and Harvard. I think personally I can say Harvard probably stands a lot. Any really effective institute stands strongly on its alumni and even the Greek life there because you're talking about historical organizations like country clubs where these people, they go on with their degrees to be at the top of companies to make money and ultimately they know where they came from. They know what made them so they never fail to give back. Are we producing enough young black professionals to get good jobs to give back for the longevity of our institutes? So that is that. But Brittany, I want to thank you so much for coming on and having this really interesting conversation and perspective. For sure. sure. And I really hope people check this out and just kind of get their eyes open. Um, Really get their eyes open um, and their their ears open and their eyes out to maybe some new solutions and game plans um, for that. So hopefully yourself, you know. Maybe, you know, later on. I will be making powerful, strong impact in our black community. For sure. And maybe later on, you know, you can even go around and maybe even bring some economic solutions for some HBCUs later on. And in particular, Lincoln University, of course. Yes, of course. We definitely love our HBCU and we will never fail to give back. So, yes, that is that. But thank you so much for coming on, Brittany. Thank you. And um, I'm glad we were able to get you on again because you were on last semester. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the volleyball, and I know you'll still be giving us more updates on that. Yes, we will be um, actually hosting a tournament uh, at the link soon. I'll give you details as soon as I know. All right. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully we can get you on another time as well. Yes. All right, guys, and now we're going to move over into our next section, HBCU Confessions. I hope y'all ready. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I can say. All right, first one. My ex asked me, do I want to be her friends with benefits? And I really want to say yes, but I got a girl. What should I do? Okay, and that was from Annan. Not sure what that said. A-N-O-N. But, um, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, it's it wouldn't it be smart. Yeah, don't do it. All right. Next up. I have this guy in my class that seems to really want me. Every time he sees me, he speaks. I don't because I'm not sure he wants me to be bothered by him. Am I wrong for not speaking? What steps should I take as a woman with a guy seeming like he's interested in me? And that was from Gremlin. All right, so first up, I would say, It don't take a rocket scientist to see that clearly the guy is giving you some type of day. Every time he sees you, he speaks. Like, come on now. Some people don't even get that. So the first thing I would say is open your eyes. See it for what it is. Because friends, I mean, ultimately, if he does just see you as a friend, friends could always turn into something serious as long as you have a foundation of at least a friendship. See, everybody, they like to do it backwards. They want to jump into the relationship first then try to be friends. But if you have a friendship established, then hey, you never know where you can go with that. The possibilities are limitless. The possibilities are limitless. So honestly, if he seems like a really good guy and he he don't seem like a player, I would honestly say give him a chance. If it's your own insecurities right now that are holding you back, then maybe you need to do a little working on yourself. All right? All right, next up. 
Is it only me or whenever I'm going to my room and someone else is doing the same, when they get in before me and lock the door quick as hell and I hear it, I feel disrespected. <laughs> and this is Morgan State University. Well, now, I think we all be in our feelings. Sometimes it don't even be it, it don't even be about the people around us. It be about that test that we think that we failed in class earlier today. It be about the food and the calf, you know, it, it be a lot of contributing things. And I think sometimes we just don't like to admit that we be really, really sensitive as hell while also giving off some very aggressive waves of energy as well. All right. So I totally agree with how you feel. I have felt the same way before. So uh, yeah, there's that. But uh, that concludes our show for today, guys. I hope you guys were informed. And I trust that you guys are informed as long as you keep telling people about the show that are, once again, students, faculty members, professors, as long as they know that this is a safe haven where they will be informed and in the know about most of the stuff that we usually miss on campus because, you know, we're just worried about our daily routine. Um, they'll keep coming around. You know, I have faith for that i have faith in that and uh thank you guys for joining us on this episode again it's your boy leek here that's been your host and once again you can follow me on instagram at malik underscore ooh that's three o's h underscore my name backwards kill him k-i-l-a-m and also on twitter at dormant underscore ruler all right so I'm so excited that this week we will be going into our Black History Month on Friday. I hope you all are as excited as I am. We have some special things lined up for the show when it comes to that. But everyone, just be safe. And again, you know, go check out Convocation on uh, Thursday. You know, if it wasn't for this school being founded, a lot of us would not be graduating in May. A lot of us would not be being handed this prestigious degree on May 11th. So go ahead and support the founding of this school. And let's do our best to really support the history and the legacy of these HBCUs and know the importance of that for us to carry that on. And with that, we have to make smart decisions as a community, because that's all universities are, small communities that consist of different contracts, whether it is with books or food, there is money circulating through these universities and we have to be innovative. We have to use the resources that we have on our Link University campus. And I believe that we can do that. We just need the guidance to do that. We got to start doing things different, all right? All right, guys. So I hope you all have a good week and peace out. Talk to you guys next time. Welcome all to Tea and Bonnets.